Welcome to the broadcast of Riverside Church in Princeton, North Carolina. Riverside Church preaching Christ and Him crucified. For more information, check out our website at www.riversidefwb.com. If you'll welcome Patrick. Okay. Super nervous. Um, I actually woke up this morning saying I was not doing this, wasn't going, it's going to be sick or something, I don't know what it was, but uh, my New Year's resolution this year was to um, push myself, um, to get out of my comfort zone, and uh, here I am. <laughs> so bear with me, a little nervous. Um, my name is Patrick Murphy, um, just a little bit about myself, I um Struggled with a 14-year-long drug addiction, and um, which basically has destroyed my life in many ways. Um, so, what I want to talk about tonight is uh, my experience with uh, faith and trust, and then also my experience with uh, prayer. Now, it's really been an important part of my recovery. Um, I grew up in Vermont. Um, I don't know if anyone's been to Vermont, but you've got to be an outdoors person if you want something to do. Um, when I was in high school, I moved to a small town, South Royalton, Vermont, and um, I guess there was a lot of a lot of bored kids up there. Um, at an early age, you know, all me, me and my friends, we were all uh, smoking pot and drinking, going to parties. Um, then when I was about 16 years old, uh, I started using opiates, started using, uh, pills. And, uh, my stepdad had them at home. They were available to me. Um, he was an addict himself, even though he would never admit it because he had a prescription. Never knew that he was so addicted to them as well. Um, but he, uh, you know, I would get them at a very low cost and able to sell them and make him money and then use all I needed. Um, started out as fun just because my friends were doing it um, and I didn't realize at the time about you know I didn't realize about addiction even though it ran in my family it was never really talked about um, I have a lot of addicts in my family but it was I guess you'd call it the family secret um, and I kind of wish it was talked about so I learned at an early age what it was but uh, so I started using pills and um, before I knew it everybody I knew was using um, all my friends, uh, people I even thought would never touch something like that or up there using. Um, very quickly it went to uh, IV use. Um, and it was actually the beginning of the opiate epidemic in Vermont. Um, it was within 18 months, Vermont was actually labeled the drug capital of the United States because there were more drug users per capita than any other state. Um, like I said, everybody was using. Um, it wasn't until I basically, I guess, got cut off, you could say, um, or I found out I was addicted. That was the first time I'd ever been sick, and um, it, it was a struggle. Um, but I, I, I found a way, um, started stealing, started you know, lying to my parents. Um, I got engaged at the time because I was in addiction, and. 
I don't know, which is thought I was in love and got engaged, and I actually got her into do, into using as well. Um, kind of ruined her college experience for her. Uh, she had to leave one college because I asked her to, and uh, she got highly addicted as well, so we were using together. Um, I tried to get clean a couple times, I'd go a week or two, just being sick. Um, and then, of course, just always gave in and went back to it. Um, but I decided that I was going to go to rehab, and I did for the first time. And uh, I only lasted two weeks in there. And when I got out, um, I didn't tell my parents. I just left the rehab. I had a friend pick me up. I emptied my bank account. And that weekend, I overdosed three times. Um, when I went home, my mom looked at me and she said, you need to make a change. She said, something's going to happen. I actually have two moms. kind of an interesting story. But... Uh, my other mom lived in North Carolina at the time, and um, I decided that's where I was going to go. So I moved down here. Uh, I was in Raleigh, North Carolina, and um, the deal with her was I'd get down here and get to a recovery program. So I started uh, going to NA, and I was that was my life, going to NA. Um, just hanging out with those people, going to multiple meetings a day, and I got clean for about 18 months. Also in NA, what comes with that program is people who aren't serious about it, people who still use drugs. And uh, apparently I attracted those type of people, so that's who I got tangled up with. And uh, started using drugs again. I uh, got into a relationship down there, and it wasn't long after that relationship started that uh, she got pregnant with my daughter. And so throughout that pregnancy, I wasn't really using, it was other drugs that I was experimenting with, but I never really seemed to have a problem with them. I could use them and put them down. But what happened was my addiction made me very selfish. Um, I wanted to go out and party. I wanted to hang out with my friends, and I spent most of her pregnancy out of the house, leaving for a day or two and coming back, and she'd, she'd welcome me back with open arms. Um, when my daughter was born, I said I was going to stop, and I did for a long time. Um, and then, of course, my addiction just circled back around and I started using again. With, um, we went through a lot of struggles, um, still being selfish and wanting to not be home. Um, all she wanted me to do was be home. Just be a father, be home, be with them, provide for them, and I couldn't do that. So we thought, uh, <laughs> she got pregnant again, and we thought that would fix our relationship. Well, it didn't. <laughs> um, Again, I stopped using, and I was home for a while, but once again, my addiction circled back around. So now I had two kids, and a relationship that was failing, ending, and uh, that, that relationship ended with her actually stepping out on me, and um, soon after that, we split up. Uh, it was the first time in my life that I was homeless, but I had a lot of friends to lean on, so I had places to stay. Um, and I was lonely. I started using again. And uh, so I, I thought it would be great to find somebody else to spend my time with. Um, in both relationships, I was enabled. Um, I was able to lean on them. I was able to try to use in secrecy. Um, soon after the second relationship started, she got pregnant. <laughs> 
and uh, we're pregnant with my youngest, my son, Elijah. And um, she didn't know anything about addiction. Um, my first, my two older kids' mother, she knew that I was in recovery. Um, but my my youngest son's mother, she uh, she had no idea anything about that I was an addict. She didn't know anything about that. We didn't. I didn't tell her. My family didn't tell her. Um, she found out the hard way. I wasn't really using. Um, but again, I wanted to hang out with my friends and stuff like that. I was still selfish. And uh, in 2018, um, right at tax season, I tried heroin for the first time. And being an opiate addict, um, I fell in love with that. And uh, in about three weeks, I spent, I think, about $4,000 of our tax money. And uh, that's how she found out about my addiction. Um, <coughs> I thought it was over, but uh, being the woman that she is, she decided to try to help me. She learned about addiction, she researched, she asked people about it, talked to my family, and did her best to help me, but I, I just wasn't done. Um, I went home a couple times to try to get clean, come back, and finally, uh, finally she had enough. And um, when that relationship ended, I had just gotten out of rehab, I thought we were going to get back together. and. Uh, it wasn't, didn't work out. She had enough. So I decided that uh, I was going to start using again, but I was going to add methamphetamines to my heroin addiction. Um, and it was just, it was on from then. My addiction was in full force. Um, I moved back down here. I got into the methadone clinic, but that was just a crutch to continue using. You know, it's just a, a way to not be sick when I couldn't get my fix. And um, finally, after 14 years and when I was almost 31 years old, uh, this past August I got locked up. And uh, that actually was a blessing in disguise because that's when my journey with God began. Um, that journey for me started with faith and trust. Uh, when I got, I never, never knew I had faith but I actually had it all along. But what I didn't realize is I was putting my faith in the wrong places. I was putting my faith in, in the women and the drugs um, to keep me happy, to mask my pain. Um, when, I, when I got to jail, um, after being there for a while, you know, in jail all you have to do is a time to think. <laughs> That's really all you can do there. Um, so I knew I didn't want to keep doing what I was doing. I lost so much, and I really needed to change my life. Um, I had started going to church in my first relationship, and my life had gotten a little bit better. Um, I actually got baptized. I thought I was done using. and uh, So recovery and going to church seemed to make my life better. And it seemed to work. So when I was sitting in jail, I knew, I kept telling myself that that's what I needed. Um, after I had COVID and I was locked down, I went to a different pod. Um, and I met this guy in there. And he'd been there for nine months. He had no idea when he was supposed to be getting shipped off to prison. But he had his Bible. And he was always happy. I started talking to him. And uh, I just noticed he had something I wanted. Um, and since I was there, I figured I would ask this guy to pray over me. And um, 
I got a little more than I asked for. Uh, he actually sat me down and he, he got to talk to me about my past and, and I told him, you know, about how I just couldn't beat this addiction through recovery programs. And they just, for they worked for a while and then they didn't. Um, and I was holding on to so much pain from the destruction that I caused. And he told me that there's a way to let go of that pain. There's a way for you to move on and change your life. So instead of praying over me, he had me say the prayer to get saved. Um, sorry, I'm trying to read my notes. and I knew they weren't going to make sense as soon as I got up here. But <laughs> he said, you have to put your faith and trust in God. He said, if you want the happiness and the joy that I have, you want to change your life, you have to put your faith and your trust in God. And uh, in Isaiah 7, 9, it says, If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. That tells me if I put my faith in God, He will help me stand and overcome anything. Um, faith and trust... I, I think it's really hard at first um, when you when you first start a relationship with God. Um, I watched this sermon that was about uh, he was talking about faith starts where understanding ends. Um, you know, he gave a couple examples of uh, like a surgeon. You know, when you're going into surgery, you have to you know the, the surgeon can explain the procedure to you and help you to understand. But as soon as they go to put you under, that's where faith and trust starts. You have to have faith that you're going to come through, and you have to trust that he knows what he's doing. Um, same thing with a, you know, an architect in a building. You know, they can give you the blueprints, they can explain how it's built. But in order for you to walk into that building, you have to have faith and trust that that structure is sound. Uh, I think that's the same when you begin a relationship with God. You can't see God. So you have to put your faith and your trust that he's there, that he'll be there for you, and he'll help you through anything. Um, 1 Corinthians 2, verses, uh, chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. My message and my preaching uh, were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. That just shows me that, I mean... To me, that scripture says faith beyond understanding. Um, now, I want to kind of get into prayer a little bit, which has been probably one of the most important parts of my recovery and where I'm at today. Um, first off, it was prayer that saved me. You know, when I said the prayer to get saved. Um, after that moment, he invited me to Bible study, and uh, I went every night, and I started praying every day, during the day, at night, and uh, I asked God to give me an opportunity. I asked God to help me change my life, and uh, about a week later, Hope Center Ministries was an option for me, so I have no doubt that that was God answering that prayer. Um. Another thing that prayer has done for me has helped me with anxiety and hurt. 
kind of funny I'm talking about anxiety. <laughs> I'm very anxious right now. But, um, I did pray about it. Maybe not enough, though. Um, I think one of the biggest moments for me through prayer was uh, surrender. When I, The day that I surrendered, I remember it very clearly. It was the second Saturday at Hope Center. Um, and uh, I was bawling like a baby out there, I'll tell you that much. Um, but I had to let it go. You know, I had to let it go. And what it allowed me to do was have peace. It allowed me to be humble about my situation. It allowed me to be thankful for where I was. Um, and it helped me to move forward and grow. And First uh, Thessalonians, is that right? <laughs> Chapter 5, verse 16 says, Be joyful always. Pray at all times. Be thankful in all circumstances. This is what God wants from you in your life in union with Jesus Christ. I feel like that kind of explains all that peace and happiness and thankfulness. Um, when I experience anxiety or I need God's help or um, I need an answer for something, you know, I've learned to turn to prayer and God's Word. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, actually two verses because they go together, is uh, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. And it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. If you do this, you will experience God's peace which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your heart quiet and at rest as you trust in Jesus Christ. Um, I, it's one of my favorites because it is, is really important for me um, to know that I can give anything to God. And if I follow His Word and I, and I listen that He will give me that peace and that joy. Um, I have learned also that uh, when I pray to God and I ask God for help, it's really hard, but you have to slow down and you have to wait for God's answer. Um, I always said that instant gratification isn't a part of recovery, because it's not. Um, and it's kind of the same when you pray to God and ask Him for help. Sometimes he answers you right away, but a lot of times you have to wait and you have to pray about it time and time again to get your answer. Um, God tells Job in uh, Job thirty-three, thirty-three, says, "Listen to me, keep silent, and I will teach you wisdom." That just tells me that I need to be patient, and I don't pray for patience. I've learned about that, but. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> But I need, I need to sit still and I need to let God, you know, in His time, answer me. Um, thought that might take a little bit longer, but it's alright. So I just wanted to say that, um, and I'm going to leave you with one more scripture. That uh, I am who I am today. And I've overcome what I've overcome. And the, honestly, the only reason <laughs> I'm able to stand up here right now is because of Jesus Christ. Amen. In Acts chapter 3, 
verse 16. It says, By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Thank you, guys. Here, take that.